every side In the darkness is the light Out of the shadows of my life In the darkness is the light Hello, everybody, and welcome to our latest episode of the So Weird Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. Sadly, Zach couldn't be here tonight, so we'll just have to meddle through without him. Also not here tonight is Jack. This episode is fall, the follow-up to the iconic episode Strange Geometry, and First episode in a while to focus on Ned, and the first episode in the series to not feature Jack, who's away visiting Gabe. So the mystery of this episode is as Fiona and Molly are dealing with the falling out in their relationship after the big reveal that Molly had been keeping a secret about Rick from Fear her entire life, we are visiting Ned's childhood friend and taking a trip back down memory lane to a memory that Ned and his best friend Sam have been repressing for a long time. And a newspaper journalist has been taking questions. Yeah, this episode, it was like they had Ned's story going on, and then they had the side story, I guess, the B story would be Fee and Molly, which is way more interesting to me than the original, like, main plot of this episode. I don't know. I've always liked the main plot of this episode. Um, I guess I like that it's another one of those episodes that illustrates how, you know, So Weird not only uh, showed the problems and emotions of children, but also adults. And uh, so I really appreciate this one in particular for, uh, you know, the theme of guilt, which I think is uh, pretty powerfully displayed here in this one. It's very well said. What would you say the mystery of the week is? Hmm. Like, if we had to pin it down to one figure, would you say this one's more like a ghost or a doppelganger or what? Wow, that's hard. It's like a ghost that's angry because he's not sure, like, if his friends really saved him. And it's, I don't know if we've had an episode where you, the ghost or whoever needs to relive a moment. Well, this episode actually makes me think of family reunion um, for the obvious reason that this is another episode where we actually see a child fall to their death. Um, I think that the scenes in this episode where they show that are a lot more powerful than in family reunion because they're a lot more realistic. But, you know, I, back to the whole, is he, um, what, is he a ghost? Is that what we're trying to decide or is that... The mystery we're all thinking. <laughs> I don't know because you were saying you thought that um, maybe he's like a ghost that has to relive his past and he's he's angry with them. But actually, at the end of the episode, I'm not sure if he is angry with them. Um, yeah, that's something that always mystified me growing up. This episode does a really unique take on the traditional ghost story because we have this mysterious newspaper journal journalist crying into Ned and Sam's past and the story about their friend Pete who died when they were kids. If there's some sort of story here, why didn't Ned and Sam save their friend? Was he tr were they trying to lure Pete to his death? And at the end of the episode, Fiona makes a note that the journalist's name, Louis Peltz, was an anagram of Pete's name. So the implication is that the journalist was really Pete trying to find out if his friends intentionally let him die or if they did their best to save him. Yeah, and so I guess my question is, was he really trying to figure out if they um, loved him or, and let him, or let him die? Or was he just trying to get them to, uh, he's, like he's been witnessing the guilt and uh, shame of his friends and he's kind of trying to get them to come to terms with it and accept that they really were you know that they did their best when they were younger oh, I never thought of that second like perspective because at the end you know once Sam's trying to save the hallucination of Pete um, we see Lewis Pell come and then we see Pete at the same time and that's when Sam admits that, like, he was afraid of falling also, but he loved him. I think that's what he said. 
-hmm. And then, and so the ghost and then Lewis appear at the same time saying something that I don't remember, but. It's interesting yeah, he that says, we refer to Pete as a hallucination because throughout the episode, we see Sam turning around and seeing this ghost of Pete. Usually when Sam's in a perilous predicament, like when he's the story about how he's doing some construction projects and he fell and hurt his back because he saw Pete or he'll just suddenly see Pete dangling from a rooftop and think that he needs to go save him and fall out a window or something. Yeah, so I think open ended if he was really seeing a ghost or was he just hallucinating out of guilt? Well, I don't know because you know the other characters do see Lewis Pelt, so he had to have not just been hallucinating, right? Uh, that's where the freaky stuff happens, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, I, the whole time, like whenever I rewatch this one, I, I'm just usually confused a little on the ghost and why he's really doing that and why does he appear so like um the journalist is so i don't know malicious i guess yeah he certainly is it kind of reminds me of i don't know like i'm not a therapist or a psychologist or anything but like in those movies that you see in the past of therapists trying to draw out their emotions emotions from their clients or whatever and I don't know it doesn't seem like the best method of helping someone cope with you know a traumatic event from their childhood but that's mm -hmm. kind of how I view it in some ways because he is he is like what does he say he says stuff like what was in your heart did you even want to save him like that's like a yeah. really terrible <laughs> thing to say to your friend but <laughs> I don't know it's it's really interesting I I enjoy it I I like that it's kind of uh I don't know, that there's some, uh, it's open to interpretation. I like that. Yeah, and it's definitely one of the darker episodes of So Weird. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, that I think this is hands down the scariest episode of So Weird because it deals with such a realistic topic. It's not just your standard ghost story of the week. The idea of a child dying, doing something so fun and lighthearted. I remember watching this episode for the first time in my parents' bedroom when I was a little kid and thinking that Ned's flashback or Sam's flashback story of what happened that day, that could have been a memory out of my dad's own childhood of mm -hmm. just three kids playing in a lake, climbing on a cable car to jump out into the middle of the lake and it getting caught and a kid just falling from their death trying to make it back. It's tragic, and it, these tragedies happen in real life all the time, and that's the scary thing about this episode for me, and it always has been. It's interesting that you kind of mention how realistic it is, because actually when I first rewatched this episode after many years, um, I remembered this episode, but I was surprised to realize that it was actually from So Weird, because it was so realistic. I guess I thought that it was from some kind of teen drama, and that... Pete in the episode was just like a manifestation of someone's guilt. So finding out that it was actually from the show about the supernatural really surprised me. Yeah. And I think it, it also reminded me when you guys described him as being malicious and a terrible friend, I remember watching this episode as a kid and being afraid of Pete because I couldn't understand, like if these were your friends, why wouldn't you trust them that they did their best to save you and that they couldn't? Why would there be that animosity between them? Yeah, it's a, a really interesting episode. And um, I mean, I'm glad that they all kind of, you know, made up in the end. Or he, he said to them that everything was okay. And he believed that they cared about him. You know, it's a nice ending. But uh, I guess we could talk about the whole Thea and Molly thing now. Because <laughs> that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And that's probably, like you said, it's such a strong plot point. And from the drama perspective and the story arc perspective, this is such an important episode. Because we get to deal with the actually giving Molly the silent treatment and having Phoebe like a regular teenager lashing at her mom and doing it in her own little Fiona non-confrontational way. Mm -hmm. 
And this is an episode where we hear um, a little bit of Rick singing Another World, because that's what uh, Fee's listening to. I love that scene where Fiona's just staring at the CD, thinking about her father. Um, Molly comes and tries to talk to her. All Fee wants to talk about is Another world. I've been listening to this song my entire life. Is that what it's about? Weird stuff. And Molly admits that's part of what it's about. And Fiona can't take any more of that. And she just cuts Molly off and decides to go up to her room. Do you all like that song? Yes. Love it. Really? Yes. Uh, okay. It's not my fave. but uh, Really? <laughs> okay. If it was acoustic, I would love it. But the... Uh, background instruments kind of bore me so like when I heard Jimmy who was on the podcast before sing it mm -hmm. acoustically or acapella on mm -hmm. on YouTube I was like oh my god this is awesome but I don't know throw in the background music and it just it's just too slow I don't know <laughs> do you like it, Molly's version at least more uh, no. it's the same thing. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing it's the well, piano I don't know. Anyway, I love sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that, that scene is really interesting, and it's it's just funny. You know, I can't believe that. Well, I just like that Fee kind of comments on the fact that she's been listening to that song her whole life, and now it's taken on a new meaning for her. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I also love the fact that Fee is holding the physical CD case. For one thing, we don't have CD cases anymore because we don't really use CDs anymore. And for another thing, it's like that tangible connection to her father because her father was on that CD. He made it. Mm, true. That was the first scene. And then the next scene is when Fee and Molly are making something. And Fee is, uh, she's doing something. She's cracking eggs open and uh, like a piece of shell falls in. And using her finger. Yeah. And then Molly's like, here's a, f a fork. And... She's just doing that. No, I don't want your help. I don't want to listen to you and all that. She's like, no, I'll use my finger. <laughs> yeah. And then Molly gives that little explanation where Fiona asks, how could you keep this from me all this time? I've always felt like I was trying to find a connection with him. And there's been this connection this whole time and you hid it from me. She thought she was doing the right thing, and maybe the right thing changed along the way somewhere, and she just missed it. And I thought that was a really nice way of explaining it. Yeah, I like that they actually wrote that conversation, like the actual question, how could you keep this from me? Because, um, I don't know, maybe a lot of shows I watch now, there's a lot of like conversations that I wish would happen in TV shows. Especially just like stuff like the question that the audience wants. It doesn't happen. So I love that they did that. And I, yeah, I like Molly's explanation. Yeah, I've always really liked this scene because it feels like a very mature conversation. I mean, at the end of Strange Geometry, they were both like yelling at each other. And in this one, they're talking to each other and, you know, talking about something very seriously. But, um, you know, they, they still really care for each other. And, I guess my favorite part of this whole scene is that, you know, even though Molly apologizes at the end, Fee doesn't tell her it's okay, which I feel like is something that happens a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> At least on television, the person will say it's okay. But in this case, it's it's really not okay. But um, Fee, you know, allows things to continue as they usually do, even though she's not totally okay with what happened and what she learned. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if you've paid attention, but like after Molly says she's sorry, Fee gets the fork. <laughs> so she's like, okay, we can yep. continue now. <laughs> I love how Fee asks the questions like twice, like, you know, how could you do this? She just seems so hurt. And she says, like, there's a big hole in my heart and it's getting bigger. So, yeah, mm -hmm. one of my favorite conversations of theirs. Mine too. The only thing I don't like about this scene is that Molly is wearing pigtails. Why don't you like that? But, but like, once you hit a certain age, you don't wear pigtails anymore. Unless you're a stripper. And Molly's not a stripper. <laughs> and then there are also another couple cute, lighthearted scenes in this episode. 
I like the line in the beginning where Molly is looking for her guitar because it's gone missing. And Irene says, oh, Carrie probably has it. And Molly goes off on this little tangent of, you know, he's been doing this since he was five years old. And Irene goes like, I'll give him a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Kat, that means that Molly has been paying attention to what Carrie's been doing since he was five. So do you really like that line? Or is it a little creepy? <laughs> well, when uh, you put it that way, it sounds creepy. <laughs> But the fact that Carrie just steals Molly's stuff, like, that's you. <laughs> the Carrie Mollis, Molly saga continues every episode. It does. Every episode there's a hint. <laughs> I like Carrie's line where he says he has to get his flip-flops. Yes, that's one of my favorites. Because, uh, like, why of all things, you're flip-flops. Why is that so important to Carrie? Why isn't he wearing flip-flops to begin with? Why is he just walking around <laughs> with a barefoot? <laughs> Why? I also like that Irene gets a little more screen time in this episode. Um, you know, at the beginning, I, I like that this episode shows how Molly and Irene support each other. You know, mm -hmm. Irene says, you know, I love you, Molly, but you kept a big secret from her and you need to go talk to Fee. And then a little later on, um, you know, it's clear that Irene's a little upset or concerned about, um, you know, what she learns about Ned, that he witnessed a boy fall when he was younger. And she says, can you help me, you know, with the, I guess, the guitars and equipment? And Molly goes off with her. So I, I like that you can see that they're, you know, I, I kind of wonder what they talked about when that happened. <laughs> yeah, I love that they're friends. Like, they're not, it's not just a business relationship. Like, they're mom buddies. Mm hmm I like the little fist bump Molly uh, gives Irene when she goes to talk to me. <laughs> I feel like we haven't seen Ned and Irene in a while. Yeah, they didn't get much screen time in Strange Geometry or in Fountain. Just a little bit in Boo. So it's been a while since we've really mm -hmm. seen a lot of them. And then with Jack missing, um, that made me think, like, do you think that they gave the the kid actors, like, vacations or something? Because there's a few episodes where Fee's totally gone and this one where Jack's totally gone. Yeah, I think it needed a day off or some, or a week off or something. I think I remember reading that in the FAQ um, that I'd have to look it up. That Avatar was designed to give Kara a week off. Mm -hmm. So, probably. Well, I like how they had an explanation, though, for Jack being gone. And it was great. Continuity stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's going back to visit his girlfriends. That they're totally and I like how, <laughs> Yeah, and I like how Molly didn't even get a chance to talk to Jack on the phone because he was out with Gabe, so she just had a conversation with Gabe's father. Because, you know, Jack doesn't have a cell phone. Mm -hmm. It's sad, though, that this is, like, the last mention we have of Gabe. Well, not the last, last mention. He, she comes up again, but this is the last time Jack gets to see her because in season three, she just disappears. Yep. <laughs> oh, so sad. So, is that it for fall? Um, I guess I'd also just say I like the list that Fee keeps on her computer of oh, yeah. uh, what she has in common with her dad. So, mm -hmm. actually wrote it out. She said they both have brown hair. They're both great swimmers. They cry watching home movies, and they like to help people. They hate Rocky Road ice cream, which I do too. Uh, they dance on Christmas Eve, play guitar, love weird stuff, and sometimes look alike. I don't know. I think that's really sweet. Yeah, I love that scene. How she looks so content looking at her laptop after she makes a list and how we end that episode on the note. It's such a nice mm -hmm. ending. With the ring game. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's beautiful. And we also get a look at her, like, laptop desktop. She has links to the U.S. Atlas and a World Atlas, which I just think is so 90s. <laughs> like, I don't 
think I would have, you know, back in the day I had something like that on my computer too. And then the All Things Mythical website, which I don't know if we see that anywhere else during the show. But it sounds very fee. Mm-hmm. Ratings time? <laughs> um, Ratings time. What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, I guess if I were to rate it, I would give it a 6 out of 10. Mainly because this episode, I like it. Um, it's just a little boring for me. I thought that it had potential to be better because of just the plot of this ghost or something wanting or forcing his friends to relive like this traumatic moment to see if they really cared. It seemed like it could have gone darker. Um, I don't know. It seemed pretty dark for me. I wanted more darkness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's just a little disappointing. But I like it, and I really like the Fee and Molly scenes, so... Yeah, I really really like this episode, but I think I can only give it like a 7, 7.5, because in light of episodes like Strange Geometry and Banshee and Rebecca, it just falls short of that special something that puts it over the top. It's a good episode. It has a great side plot with the story arc about Fiona and Molly making up after the fallout from Strange Geometry. Great emotional content. A good storyline that's a little bit confusing and I still don't know what to make of Pete and Lewis to this day. Uh, that was, was it a ghost? Was it really just a journalist? Who knows? But I think it's one of the scariest episodes of the series, the most realistic, and a solid episode. Wow. Um, (laughs) So I give this one two thumbs up, guys. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this episode. And I guess, as I said before, the ambiguous kind of ending of, you know, why was he there? What was Pete or Lewis there in the first place? I I really like that. you know, I didn't mention this before, but when I rewatched this episode, I totally forgot the ending, and it actually took me by surprise. I did not realize that Lewis was the uh, newspaper or was Pete Wills until you know it actually showed Pete's face next to his. So it has a kind of a surprise ending for me. Um, and yeah, I think that the acting was really good in this episode, uh, particularly from the guy who played Sam Hodges or Sam Hodge. And also uh, Dave Squatch Ward when he was retelling the story of, you know, what happened to Pete and that flashback. That's it was really emotional. I mean, I didn't cry or anything, but it really drew me in. And also, yeah, the Fee Molly stuff was um, we've already talked about but was really well done. So I, I give this one two thumbs up. Cool. <laughs> I wonder what Zach's rating would have been. I forgot what he said last time, if he liked it or not. Uh, and I guess maybe another reason why I like this episode so much is that it was written by the same woman who wrote Fountain, Jennifer Cecil. Oh, yeah. Which is another one of my favorites. So, I mean, this isn't in my top five, but I feel like this episode is overshadowed a lot. Uh, you know, this isn't one that we talk about too much, and it's probably because it doesn't have as much to do, like, with the mythology. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's a, it's one that I feel like is underrated. Yeah. I feel like this episode's easily forgotten about, but it mm-hmm. shouldn't be. It's probably because you're right. It aired right after Strange Geometry, you know, so it gets overshadowed. It didn't air right after Strange Geometry. Well, I mean, it aired in that same, you know, it was like the, the second part of that. Two-parter. Yeah, and Strange Geometry was the stronger part. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if there's other fans that like this episode a lot, let us know. <laughs> yes, and speaking of fans letting us know stuff, do we have any feedback? Yeah, we have a lot of feedbacks. It's been a while since we recorded, um, so I'll start that. So this is from Alona, who commented on our Fountain episode on YouTube. Um, they said that the show, the show slash book that this episode reminded me of most was actually Goosebumps, Cuckoo Clock of Doom, 
which has the same time travel style going back in time in your own body as with the possession of your younger self. It has the same sense of running out of time. It might end up going out of existence or being too young to do anything. Although that show had a more specific fix for the problem that had to be solved. Fee just gets lucky that this was more intended as a gift than a, as a curse. It's kind of a, a reverse click, the Adam Sandler movie. I had also seen that theme in a show when I was younger. Good hmm. connections. I love the movie Click. And I love Goosebumps. I never read The Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Yeah, I never read that, but very interesting. Uh, I've only watched Click once, and it made me sob, so. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I I've guess never I need seen to watch it. <laughs> It's a tearjerker. Huh. Yeah, I would have I never guessed it. that at all. <laughs> I know. I was so surprised. <laughs> okay, and this is from Larry. And they commented on our Singularity episode on YouTube. They said, This episode needs some love. This is definitely a fun episode. I played Little League for two years, so that might be... One reason why I like this episode. I do have a question. At one point, there were two fees. What happened to the second or first fee? Is this something I'm not supposed to think about because it's a 23-minute episode? I'm not sure if that was mentioned in the podcast. The clue and fee moment is nice as well as fee's emotional scene with her er, emotional scene with her brother Jack. The rocket is a great name for a dog. I feel like Ned should have been the umpire instead of Molly. And then they quoted a Mad Max quote. Like I always say, never throw away your patio furniture. Mm -hmm. I love Mad Max. (laughs) And also to answer the question, the reason why we see two Fees is because when Fee is looking out the window, she's looking at herself backwards in time. The Fee in the window had already gone through the time loop. So the Fee that's outside is going to go through the time loop in the future whereas the fee on the inside has already gone through the time loop is, is now looking at herself in the past. Did I explain that clearly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I like that episode. I think it's a fun one also. Me too. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. I just don't care for Mad Max as much as other people. I but... love Mad Max. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the Jack and Fee stuff in that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Clue and Fee stuff, so. Yeah, it's a good episode. I want a baseball park named after Mad Max. (laughs) (laughs) You should tweet that. Way better name. They're all named after corporations now. (laughs) City Field, AT&T Park, blah. That's the world we live in. Yeah. Okay, and then we actually got a lot of comments from the YouTuber Travis Peter. Um, So I read one comment. And this is on the Sacrifice episode. They said, I discovered this podcast the same day I discovered downloads of the episodes themselves and have been having a lot of fun rewatching the series as well as hearing your discussions about it. So Weird is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I was very active in the fandom back in the day. It's been great getting to basically relive that time of my life. I'm so happy there are people like you keeping the fandom active. I'm working to get caught up with your podcast, but I'll definitely keep listening. Oh, yay. Woohoo. <laughs> yay and for people who were in the fandom before. Because if it weren't for people, like the people in Conrad's hideout and those communities that I found when I was younger, I wouldn't be as active in the fandom as I am now. Oh, I wish I had been, but I just, I was only on Harry Potter message boards back then, so, <laughs> yeah, but cool, um, welcome, thanks for joining us. Yeah, and thank you for all the other comments, and I hope you've been having fun listening to us and rewatching the episodes, which I think I've gave, I gave you links, or Betsy gave you links on our Twitter, so it's always great when we get, because we get messages at least, like, once every other week to download the episodes. So, yeah, thanks again. Okay, and we have a few comments on our last episode that we posted for Strange Geometry. This one's from, is it Asian SETI, I think? 
They said, thanks for briefly discussing my comment about Disney airing Fountain out of order, which funny enough is what they chose to air after Strange Geometry. I remember reading through John's giant FAQ where he mentioned he was disappointed when that happened because of what you mentioned here about emotional endings versus happy resolution. If he and Molly weren't exactly on speaking terms after this, then they were in Fountain. Then the tension is back in fall until they finally talk in the kitchen scene. I think they were hoping Fountain would air sometime after fall on Strange Geometry, but not in between. I think there's a thread on the pro, bo pro boards about uh, trying to figure out the show's timeline. Anyways, definitely another great episode review. I rewatched Listened listen after rewatching Strange Geometry and wondered if the crop circle design was intentional foreshadowing for the remaining Nautilus portal as one of the upcoming stops along the tour's ley lines. I don't know, probably more of a stretch, but I do love that they built an arc for all the alien episodes. Too bad it ended up ending with Roswell. Had season three gone as originally planned, I, I would have loved to have seen Fee and the alien girl communicate face to face. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting idea about the crop circle. Um, I hadn't really made that connection. Same, but I, it's probably just coincidence, but... It's yeah. cool if you find, you know, little stuff like that and tie it together in some way. Thank you. And from the East Street Band Fan 1, they said, After listening to the podcast today, I just rewatched the episode. One of the series' most strongest episodes, you learn more about Rick and why Molly doesn't want to believe in the paranormal, no matter how many encounters she's had with it. She didn't want what happened to Rick to happen to Fee. There's always a lot of parallel to Patterson and Rick Rue in terms of using Fee's emotions towards Rick against her. Rick Rue in season one, Will of the Wisp told Fee that if she turned off the hangman guessing games, he'd let her speak to Rick. In Strange Geometry, Patterson told Fee that if she helped him, he'd bring Rick back. In both episodes, Fee made a heroic decision first to save Jack from Brickrew's possession and then to destroy Patterson's portal instead of being selfish. Both Brickrew and Patterson used Fee's emotions towards Rick against her, with her wondering whether or not they were telling the truth about bringing her, him back. She chose to sacrifice the possibility of communicating with Rick to do what was right. Also, the ending and Molly and Fee's emotions are one of those reasons why this was one of the better Disney shows. They did not talk down to the audience when it came to the dynamics and as mentioned, wasn't wrapped up right away. As you guys mentioned, for a Disney Channel kids show, it was nice that not every episode had a happy ending right away. Mm -hmm. That's a good parallel. Yes, I do feel like those are two of these biggest hero moments on the show. So I like that you kind of connected those together. Yeah. Is there a gift set of those two parallels? There should be. Um, uh, is that a hint to me? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll do that. I did one where it was like, she has to make tough choices, and both of those moments were in there. But, I, okay, that'll be something I do in the future. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. To both you guys. <laughs> um, and this is from the GSTV reviewer. Fantastic episode of both the TV itself and the podcast. It really was surreal for this episode to end on such a downer, as opposed to a happily ever after scenario most kids shows do. It's great that John is still contributing to music somewhat, even after the Phillips Kane band dissolved. By the way, do you think Molly's reason of not telling Fee about what really happened when Rick died was justified, or do you sympathize with Fee when she found out there was more to Rick than she realized? Um, I kind of talked about this last episode, but, um, my heart breaks for Fee. It really does that. Um, I mean, I understand where Molly's coming from and why she didn't tell her, but I mean, Fee, Molly hears that Fee is, you know, been feeling lonely in her belief in the paranormal. And I mean, she had to know that Fee felt that way. And so but she still kept it from her. So I feel worse for Fee in the end. Me too. Yeah. And yeah. then, as I said last episode, Fee st uh, you know, Molly's still not telling Fee everything, even though she knows that Fee 
has been feeling lonely and is hurt. She's still not telling her about, you know, what her experimentation with witchcraft. So, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I feel for Fee. <laughs> Me too, especially since she's felt like she needed to connect with her father, and that's the biggest connection she could have for them to be interested in the same things. And yeah. for Molly to keep that from her, that's harsh. Because Molly knows how important that is to Faye. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it, that I feel more hurt for Fee. Um, because, like Molly says in this episode, after Rick died, and then after she, you know, she was beginning to realize that Fee was into the same stuff, she said that she started to hold her breath and never let it out. So there's that thinking, like, what if the same thing happens to Fee? Yeah. I wonder how Fee would have reacted when she eventually found out that Molly did, you know, do some spells or whatever it was in the end, that she had, you know, experimented in that way. I I, I don't think it would have been a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would have, they would have reconciled as easily as they did in this episode. And even then, I mean, apparently they hadn't been talking to each other in a couple weeks. So, yikes. Some good drama. <laughs> mm -hmm. And a great comment. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And this is from Rachel Raven from the forum. They said, hi, new to the forum. Hope I'm doing this right and just caught up on the podcast. You guys are doing a great job, and I love hearing your discussions. I had a few things I wanted to respond to while I still remembered. I know I'm in the minority, but I loved Boo. It was interesting to hear your perspectives on it, and I can see why so many people dislike it, as it is very out of the ordinary, so weird style. I think that's maybe why I liked it so much. It was something a bit different, and I got the Halloween Town vibe to it, which I love. I don't think I could watch a whole series like that, though, but it was fun for one episode. I also don't remember seeing Boo before at all, and I remember watching a lot of So Weird as a child. Maybe if I had seen it when I was younger, I would feel differently about it. On your Fountain episode, you were discussing a comment another user had written about Banshee and how Rick's life being taken early was a way to balance the grandfather's life and all that jazz. It occurred to me, couldn't we use that principle for the series as a whole? Basically, in order to extend the life of the series, having a season three, Fiona was essentially sacrificed, no longer on the show. A life taken in exchange for a life extended. I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but kind of a fun way to read into it. I'm looking forward to future episodes and always LOLing at your ship names. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a very positive spin on why Fiona left. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And, uh, hey, I'm sure you're not the only one who likes Boo. You know, I, I'm, I've heard other people say that they enjoy it, so. Yeah, I think um, on that episode, we talked about how we had a lot of comments asking for when we're going to do Boo or that we skipped Boo, so. Mm -hmm. There's people that like it, I think, because it's, you know, a Halloween. It's a holiday episode. Yeah. I'm one of the rare ones. Because it hardly ever aired. Yeah, I I think that's why we never really had a good quality, um, like, download. Because it might have not aired much. I don't know why not. A few more comments on our Facebook page. So this is from Alona, which I think is the same person that I had mentioned before. Um, they said, thanks for the links to the song cover. I always did like questions and appreciated what an unusual sound it has. Really enjoyed his cover. Strange Geometry is definitely in my top five overall episodes, and I love the complex dynamic between Molly and Fee. Amazing how far back that fight was foreshadowed with Strangeling in season one. It was always clear to me that Fall was intended to come after Strange Geometry and don't think I saw either Boo or Fountain live on TV anyway, but I can see why that would be a disappointment to the showrunners. Yeah, I guess it was foreshadowing and Strangeling about the whole fight that they're going to have. But Yeah, Molly looked pretty peeved. <laughs> <laughs> and this is from 
Andrea. Uh, she said, first off, I will answer your question about my name. I prefer the pronunciation Andrea, but I'm not picky about how people say my name. Feel free to pronounce it however you would like. Okay. Now on <laughs> to So Weird Insight. Strange Geometry is definitely one of my favorite episodes. We all know that Molly often refuses to acknowledge the paranormal, but I want to add that I don't think that lack of acknowledgement is purely from skeptic skepticism. In Fall, Molly admits to Fee that the supernatural scares her and that when Rick died, she was incredibly hurt. In fact, she specifically uses the word broken, which is exactly what all of you have discussed in previous podcasts. Anyway, I get the feeling that Molly does not want to face the very darkness that took her husband from her, and denying the paranormal is her way of trying to fool herself into believing that she lost him to normal, unfortunate circumstances, which is probably easier for her to cope with than the actual truth. Thus, she is trying to protect herself mentally and emotionally so that she can find reason to heal and continue to walk through her life as a musician and mother. And that is why she can see all of the weird activity in the portal room and claim that she didn't know what she saw. I was glad that John gently told Fiona to not be hard on Molly. If he were to finish his sentence before saying we're all looking out for you, my guess would be that John was going to tell Fiona that Molly was still hurting over Rick. I look forward to your thoughts on the plot for the episode Fall. Honestly, when I watch it, I find myself more focused on the tension between Molly and Fiona than on the tragic event that occurred in Ned's childhood. Also, when Fee listens to the snippet of Rick's song, Another World, the first words we hear are, looking for another world, I'm not sure we should. That makes me want to facepalm myself and wonder why Rick didn't take his own advice. Of course, if he had, then there would be no story, but still. That's such an insightful comment. Yeah. Especially about the line from Another World. I mean, that tied in perfectly with the episode, too, with Molly, you know, her hesitation and reluctance about mm -hmm. the paranormal. Dee wanting to explore more, so. I want the feedback about being more interested in the storyline between Molly and Fee than the actual arc of the episode. I know when I was a kid, it was the ghost story that freaked me out. As I've gotten older, it has been the storyline between Molly and Fee that's been dragging me back to this episode and why I've seen it so many times because it's so important to the series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think um, if we go back to Nightmare when they show us the flashback of Rick, I guess going out right before his death, uh, Molly says something about it's getting too strange, I think. Mm-hmm. It's getting yeah. too much, so like, it, I guess it can hurt Molly more because she was, was trying to like save him in a way. Yeah, yeah. There's so much drama there going on. It's so great. And still begs the question: Where was Rick going that night? <sighs> we may never know. I know, and well, like, we, uh, might. we keep talking Disney. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess we could tie that into other stuff we're going to talk about because I think that was all the feedback that we got. Thank you all. You're amazing. Yes, we love hearing your comments. Please keep them coming. Mm -hmm. Sorry we take, we're taking longer um, putting out new podcasts. Hey, Everyone's going on. on summer vacation. Vacations, movings, other stuff, but we're, we're still going. Oh, yeah. We're going to get through it, guys. Definitely. Yeah, so on to other news. What's being rebooted? <laughs> um, <laughs> not so weird. <laughs> not so weird, but Bug Juice is getting rebooted. Um, if anyone's been paying attention to, I don't know, Twitter stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you all remember that show? Well, my memory of it is watching my brother and sister watch that show. I know that they really liked it, and I liked the theme song, but I never watched it because I think I was mm -hmm. probably too young and I wasn't paying attention to Disney Channel. I was more into cartoons. I remember my sister used to watch it, and I hated it. I don't remember why I hated it. I just know I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember watching it uh, late night, when 
around the time I was watching So Weird reruns. I guess they also aired late night Bug Juice reruns. And I did, you know, it wasn't something I watched every week. I don't even think I watched new episodes as they aired, the new ones at least. But I, I did kind of like watching the reruns. Um, it was my first encounter with uh, reality television. And so I think the fact that they're bringing it back uh, doesn't necessarily mean good news for So Weird uh, because it is so different. Like, the style of the show is so different. Um, but it's really interesting. And uh, I wonder how it's going to be set in the modern world. I wonder what provoked Disney Channel to want to reboot that show. Yeah, yeah I do it too. struck me as that popular. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Although apparently it aired for like four years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised too by it. Um, but I guess Disney's channel's struggling right now. I mean, I don't have the statistics or anything, but maybe they think bringing in a little reality TV would boost their ratings. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. they have wanted something to spice up their summer programming since most of the comments about that were people freaking out about not getting another season of Bunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, with reboots and all, I know we say we want a So Weird reboot or just like continuation, um, but I would definitely not want it on Disney Channel. Like I'd want it on Netflix or some other network because I don't like any of the Disney Channel reboots. And I, I haven't really seen them, but I've seen a few clips, and it's just not the same. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that Disney Channel would put in the money that would be required to make a proper So Weird reboot. Uh, like, all their shows are done in studio, except for Andy Matt, uh, that I know of. I think they're all, like, you know, multi-cam shows. So... Yeah, I, I'd be a little concerned about it, Disney Channel doing a So Weird reboot, but maybe something on Freeform. Uh, I would say Netflix, but, I mean, we have some other news to talk about. Uh, that's not going to happen, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe Freeform. I don't know. Well, I think that it could work on Disney Channel if Disney took it as, like, an October type of series. A series that would air in the fall around Halloween time, and they would let it be a dark series and not turn it into a quirky comedy. I just think it would be something similar to season three, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on who the writers are, and if Disney allowed the writers to resume the plot points. Because mm -hmm. season three was written with the writers under instructions and not to follow up on season two. Yeah. And I would hope that they would get the original writers on board, but I don't know. They probably don't care that much. <laughs> I mean, they don't even care to put it out for release. So <laughs> this is all hypothetical. Never give up. Keep the faith, Emily. Oh, oh, I am. You know, the news we got today kind of excited me. Um, so should we talk about that next? Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, Disney Channel today, or the Walt Disney Company, announced that they uh, are going to be starting their own streaming service. Uh, next year, they're going to be starting with ESPN uh, sports videos. Uh, and then we're going to do Disney-branded direct-to-consumer streaming in 2019, which means that all of their movies that are on Netflix are going to be taken off, and they're all going to be on the streaming service. But... That also means that, um, like, their t uh, channels or their TV shows could potentially be put on the streaming service. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, I guess what excites me a little bit is it says, uh, Disney will also make a significant investment in an annual slate of original movies, TV shows, short-form content, and other Disney-branded exclusives. So they're going to have original TV shows on the streaming site. So, you know, I mean, you never know. That, that could mean... series like Disney Channel series or a series just for the streaming service? If I had to guess, it's going to be a series just for the streaming service. 
they're, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to follow in line with the other, you know, like CBS now has shows that are just streamed online. So, yeah, Disney's probably going to go that route, too, to get people to actually purchase. But, but to, yeah. you know, to fill in, like, besides movies, they have to put shows and so I feel like they have to put older content as well. Mm-hmm. So they could have, you know, choices. So people could, yeah, like you were saying, want to um, subscribe to that streaming service. Yeah. I mean, who knows how good any new content would be on there. But if they could put the old shows on there again, like. I and mean, reinvest in those old shows. Yes. Like, there were rumors for the longest time about there being a so weird movie called The Encounter. I think around the time that the famous Rick Jackson movie came out about B and her father. If they could just make one of those little movies just to wrap up the plot points, give this series a real conclusion. Pretend that season three never happened because it was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So badly I want the series to have a real ending. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, So Weird isn't going to be on Netflix. <laughs> I think we can just stop hoping for that because Netflix <laughs> is and Disney are breaking ties. But, I mean, now is the time, I guess, to start, you know, pushing Disney. Like, if, you, yep. if you're up for it, like, let them know that we still care about the show. Um, you know, tweet and I have been pleasantly surprised seeing how many people have responded to their news about Bug Juice with questions about when they're going to release So Weird. Keep doing that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and Disney Channel, their Twitter, actually replied to someone asking any chance of you airing older episodes for people who either never saw it or for people like me who can't remember it. Um, talking about Bug Juice. And Disney Channel replied, still... TBD, but we'll keep you posted. Yeah. I feel like that was probably an intern who didn't know better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, to make that kind of comment, I don't know. That's pretty bold. <laughs> so. To be determined. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, meets Worlds hmm. came out, they did air episodes of Boy Meets World for like a week. So that the audience would be familiar with the characters a bit. Mm-hmm. I guess this is different though, because the counselors aren't going to be the same. Probably, yeah. Campers definitely won't be the same. The camp is the same though; that's going to be at the same place. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. In any case, I'd rather see more so weird. Or yeah, old so I think, weird. I think we all pretty much agree on that. Uh, and what else has been going on? <laughs> Oh, we've, we've talked about it before, but uh, Jessica Williams is a big So Weird fan. <laughs> and one of the writers, John Wiseman, tweeted at her saying, asking, like, oh, I heard you're a So Weird fan. And um, she replied to him. And it's just, I don't know, I guess cool to see, like, famous people still talking about it. Mm-hmm. She said she's a massive fan, so no doubt about it now. Uh, and I guess if John Wiseman heard that she was a, a So Weird fan, he's probably been listening to our podcast, which is kind of cool. Yeah, shout out to John Wiseman. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> he's either listening to his the episodes that he wrote or all of them. So if you're listening to all of them, let us know. <laughs> yeah. So a while back... I like to go through uh, Twitter and search for people talking about So Weird. So I type in, like, a lot of different things. So Weird Disney, So Weird Best, that sort of thing, to see <laughs> if I can find anyone out there who cares about the show. <laughs> so I saw that um, someone named Josh Stolberg, who was verified, uh, you know, retweeted an article about, uh, you know, for Bloomhouse that I think we mentioned back in the day called So Weird, Best Horror Kids Show that Everyone Forgot. And he said, this was one of the first TV shows I wrote for. Um, so I looked him up, and he is the writer of several So Weird episodes, including uh, the season two finale, Twin. 
So I thought that was pretty exciting. Uh, and then we got in touch with him, didn't we? Um, <laughs> can't remember how. I think we did. Oh, so I said, thanks for writing one of my favorite episodes, Twin. Uh, the rooftop scene has made me sob. And he said, you know, thank you for saying that. The credit to the great acting. And then um, I think he started, like, John Cooksey saw the tweets for some reason, I guess. Yeah. And so, you know, John Cooksey was like, I love that show and the songs, too. And um, I don't know. It was just really cool to see two writers from the show talking about it so many years later and, you know, talking about how much they loved working on it. And I would love it if they would love to continue working on it. <laughs> if Disney would let them. So, yeah, Josh said it was an amazing team on the show. I had a fantastic time working with everyone. So, yeah, I mean, we've heard that from a lot of writers on the show, either, you know, on YouTube or on Twitter. So I think the show was still well appreciated by the people who worked on it and also the actors, too. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. Yeah, it's definitely well-loved all around by everyone involved in it. It's pretty mm -hmm. evident. All right. Is that about it? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so. Woo. So this concludes this episode of the So Weird Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. So remember to keep the faith and keep bugging Disney Channel to release So Weird. Do it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. Bye. Bye. It's been night so long now. She doesn't think the sun will rise. She asks, Is this all there is? Won't this ever end? There must be a better I'm not sure salvation lies there There is bad as well as good Let us love each other now He was drowning in his fear Out on the lost horizon The gold kept shrinking down in size It's been night so long now He doesn't think the sun will rise And he says this can't be all there is There must be something more there must be a better place Looking for another world I'm not sure we should I'm not sure salvation
the sun will 